you will please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. It's been uh, wonderful to uh, be together this morning and, and time to pray for one another, lift up uh, and, and encourage our moms, and uh, certainly celebrate new births, and it's a great day to be together. I've been thinking about uh, what to say on Mother's Day, and, and I was thinking about moms over the last year, and the challenges uh, that you have faced uh, may have been uh, particularly difficult. I'm going to say a few things that may uh, at first be like, okay, why are we, why are we reliving uh, some of these things? And I just simply want to uh, remind you of the good news. And when we, make, uh, when we hear the good news, uh, sometimes we need to hear the good news against the backdrop of some of the difficult things in life. And so bear with me for a moment. We'll arrive at something wonderfully good and beautiful but we have to walk through some of the hard things. We'll start easy. Uh, the, a year ago, uh, some of you, all, well, in fact, all of you with school-aged children, all the moms became uh, homeschooling parents. And uh, suddenly, you know, you went from complaining about a little bit of homework to having all the homework, right? And uh, I know that none of you complained, right? And then there came this new math, came to, you know, it wasn't just to talk about on Facebook, like you had new math literally at your dining room table. I heard new math explained this way, and, and it's beautiful. Uh, this is a little joke. I've worked it in. Uh, the uh, new math, the best explanation to new math is that it's just a way to do one problem on a whole page. You know, it's just one page, one problem, you know. It's, uh, but uh, the, uh, anyways, there's another joke. It's more. There's a, uh, <laughs> anyways, the best explanation of it is that it's like you invited someone over to your house and they come up to the door, like the front door, and they knock and, and you say, no, you, you can't come in through the front door. You have to go around back. You have, to, you have to climb the tree. You have to hop over the fence. You have to you know, work your way through the sandbox, circle around, do three trips around the pool, and then come in through the back door, knock five times, and then check to see if the garage door works. And then you can go in. And then the person at your front door says, well, doesn't the front door work? And you say, no, uh, well, it does, but you have to try all these other ways. And then you can get into our house. That's new math. Can I get an amen? All right. Uh, that joke is stolen from Nate Bargatze, who's hilarious, and he's actually pretty clean humor if you're looking for funny humor stuff. Anyways, got to give credit where it's due. Uh, but as we think about the last year and the challenges and the things that we face, uh, there has been so much heartache, uh, so many difficult things that uh, just at, from a minister's perspective to share with people and, and the sort of disconnect of a lot of things of just wondering how do we, how do we love when we're isolated into our homes? How do we walk through and navigate this? When you finally did get to send your kids to school, when you sent them to school, you had to give them uh, a whole list of of rules and new things, and it was all about, uh, you know, we've always preached cleanliness is next to godliness, and then it seemed to, like, take up, you know, a whole next level of things. 
We had parents who their kids would get quarantined, and then you're figuring out how do I, how do I stay at home, work, provide, care for my family, and suddenly life became extremely difficult. Uh, there is so there was just the navigating the COVID year, and we're it's thankfully, hopefully, this that school year is coming to an end. But then there was just all sorts of personal challenges, relationship challenges, friendships that have been challenged and uh, discouraging. There's been moments where, uh, in our in our walk, in our in our journey of just loss of friendship and discouragements, we know the painful loss of of people that we love and care for dearly. There are people today that have gathered for the first time on Mother's Day since their, their moms have passed. There are people who have lost children. And so I come today not, uh, not, thinking of, uh, not thinking lightly about what many challenges people have faced over the last year and over the last uh, year and a half of how to navigate life and the pain and the hurt and knowing that there is suffering and there is anguish in the lives of people. Currently, there are people wondering about the safety of their children. They're wondering about health and, and long life. And, and I think about moms. And why is death so difficult for moms? Why does death hurt so much? And the more I think about it, it's like, well, duh. Moms know all the work that went into bringing life. And so when life is taken, it hurts ever more deeply in the life of a mother as they look to children, as we think about Peyton Slaymaker and their family and the grieving that they're going through. As we think about life and death, moms are the ones that bring in life and, uh, you know, they're the ones who threaten to take it away, but they never deliver. I brought you in the world, I'll take you out. But my mom said it, she never, you know, followed through on it. There's so much angst, there's so much hurt, there's so much tension and just wondering how do we navigate. And so one thing I just want to say is a huge thank you to the moms who became homeschool parents overnight. Thank you to the moms who gave so much and sacrificed so much. There is a story of incredible anguish that happens in the Bible. In the ancient world, uh, a lot depended on uh, the male in the family, the husband of the family. It was a patriarchal system, so a lot depended on the man. And what would happen typically is a young woman would marry an older man, be like a 30-year-old and a 15-year-old. And that system, I'm not condoning for it today, obviously, that, but that's the way the world functioned. And that system often led to, you know, people lived to be in their 50s, not usually over 60. And so what would happen is that this uh, marriage relationship, it would work and it would function for, say, 30 years, and then the older male would pass away. Well, once the male passed away, once the provider and caretaker died, then it left the children in a position to take care of the mom. So you have, uh, so you think like, okay, uh, Mary got married probably around the age of 15, and Joseph probably died 30 years later or so. That would have put him in his perhaps 60s. This is all speculation. We don't 100% know for sure. But in general, that's how things would work. And so I want you to think about for a moment the anguish of Mary, who has other children, but then is seeing, uh, she finds herself looking up at the cross, and she looks 
to her son, Jesus Christ, and she realizes that her son is going to die. Her husband has died, we believe. There's no mention of Joseph in this uh, narrative, and so we assume that Joseph has died. And now Jesus, the eldest son, is also there dying. I know this is exactly what you wanted to hear on a Mother's Day message. But can you put yourself in her shoes just for a moment? Can you feel the anguish? Can you feel the despair? Can you feel just what this might mean emotionally? What this might mean financially? What this might mean uh, for her social life and everything and how everything is changing in a moment's notice. Let's go a little deeper. She was told some promises at the very beginning of this whole thing. And maybe she started to think that Jesus wasn't who the angel said he was going to be. Maybe there was doubt or despair or in the anguish. Maybe in this moment she starts asking the really hard questions and questions that we all sometimes ask when things aren't going the way that we thought they were going to go. And she starts asking, God, have you forgotten me? Have you ever been there? Have you ever had such grief and sorrow and hurt where you felt that question and and you felt bad for asking it, but you had that question. It was in your heart. God, have you forgotten me? Why does this hurt so much? It's merely speculation what Mary's thinking. But the emotion of bringing life and then seeing the life that you've loved being taken, a mother's love is a beautiful thing, and we no doubt believe that Mary loved Jesus, and to see him dying and the pain and the hurt of that moment. Jesus remembers his mom, and in John chapter 19, in verse 25, there's this moment. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. There are four women at the foot of the cross, And Mary, his mother, is there. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. What we see in this incredible moment is God remembering his Uh, God remembering Mary, Jesus remembering his mom. That in the moment of his greatest despair, in the moment of his greatest hurt, Jesus remembers his own mom and he says to his very dearest friend, he says, this is your mom now. And to her he says, this is your son. And in a moment's notice, all of those things that she might have been concerned about 
Who will care for me? Where will I live? How will I be protected? How has God looked out for me? In a moment's notice, Jesus, in a moment's notice, Jesus says to her, I have not forgotten you, and I care deeply for you. And I know that this moment is more than you can bear, but there is one who I love who is going to love you. You see, at the foot of the cross is an adoption ceremony. At the foot of the cross is this moment in which God says you are a part of a new family. You see, when we get nearest to the cross, our priorities change. The closer we get to Jesus and his suffering and his hurt, the more our priorities align and change to that of the kingdom of God. And so the challenge then today is to think about our lives and where is it at in position to the cross of Jesus. What are our priorities? And on this Mother's Day, I want to think and celebrate moms in our church family and say thank you for the love that you have given us because no matter what the social status says of our culture, you may not physically be a mom, but if you are here, you are a mother of children. That if you are a child here, you have more than one grandma or grandpa here. It was on display last week. I don't see, where's Jill at? She's not, oh, you're, you're Jacob, you're not Jill. <laughs> Goober. Uh, it was on, Jill, I saw Jill, now I don't see her. Jill, last week, she shined brightly in her giftedness. She made cookies, she put uh, frosting, and then she put another cookie and she mashed them together. Listen here, my mom never once did that. That didn't happen, you know. But because there was a potluck, because there were children to love and bless, because there was a church family, you bring out your best and you say, the kids are there and we're going to bless them. And she treated them like uh, benevolent love and kindness by, you know, mashing sugar cookie goodness together. I got the leftovers, by the way. That's how you get shout outs in the church, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want me to pray for you, it comes through brownies. Uh, <laughs> but the story of the gospel, of all, the, of all of the anguish, of all of the hurt that we experience in the world, of the loneliness and the despair, of all of those difficult things that every one of us navigate, the story of the gospel is to tell us that we don't have to go through it alone. And that the world can isolate us and the world can make us feel lonely. The world can make us feel inadequate. The world can make us feel like because we don't have children, the world can make us feel like because we don't have these sort of things that make us have the social standings that are desirable in the world. It tears it apart and it says, you have a family. Jesus looks at his mom and he, and he says to her, you have a son, you're not losing me, you're gaining John. And he says to John, you're not losing your best friend, you're getting a part of his family and you get a whole host of brothers and you get to be a part of this family and you get to love my mom. So thanks, man. And he signs over his inheritance. I don't know that he does that. Actually, he does. He gives us the inheritance of heaven. That totally works. But anyways... We have a place, we have a family, and suddenly the whole story of the gospel, the closer we get to, cr to the cross, the more our priorities change and align to the will of God. 
And so the challenge of the text then, the challenge of this sermon is to say, how are my priorities changing to the gospel? That if I am, if I am a son here, if I am a young man, I'm 36, so I think it still qualifies, then it is my job, it is my role within this family to love the older women as if they are my own mom and treat them with that respect and dignity. Young men, this is your responsibility. The women in this church are to be loved and treasured and lifted up. Yes, I look directly at Riley. We're all, all of the guys, all of us. Sorry, Riley, and you're not singled out, though you could do better. Um, And it is all of us together to love and lift up the women in our church. And for the women, it is your role to love and care for us as we are your own children. We belong as one in Jesus Christ. And the priorities change. The closer we get to the cross, the more we look to his love and his selflessness, the more our own selflessness grows within us. And so I ask you to start dreaming of a church where the sons love their mothers and their sisters in Christ and where the mothers and the daughters love their sons and their brothers. How do we love through and through and raise our children to love the Lord and care for and meet one another's needs? It's in the practical sort of benevolent love of making cookies with extra sugar it says in, in those beautiful things, but then also in the selflessness of saying, hey, would you come and have coffee with me? Would you come into my home and share with me? Would you know that you have a place within all of this? I was uh, challenged by um, uh, someone uh, a week ago. There is, um, there is a problem, there is difficulty there are things happening that sort of has the world sort of spinning out of control and it, it, it can feel like things are worse than they are. I've been thinking about how do, we, how do we navigate life and get back to a sense of belonging. And I want to use this Mother's Day's message to say it's okay to be in each other's homes. It's okay to open our homes to one another and to love and welcome in. If you believe in anything I've said about the priority of the kingdom and drawing closer to the cross and the importance of intimacy and friendship and belonging, if you believe those things to be true, then how do you reflect that in your Monday through Saturday life of loving and welcoming and hosting and caring and connecting with one another. So I'm going to issue a challenge. I know you all want to get to eat and you guys got Mother Day, Mother's Day plans and all those things. But I want you to hear this. Don't leave today without making a connection to invite someone to your home and say, hey, it's been a while since we've had you over. We would love to have you over. 
And this is not me angling to have, you know, have me over for a potluck uh, in your house or whatever. Like, this is for you to connect with each other. Who can you have over? Don't leave today without finding someone that you can welcome into your home and say, hey, come and be with me. And I know that maybe that's a lot on you and you got to, like, think about it and get out your planner. Make a connection. Don't leave today without making a connection with someone and say, hey, we'd love to have you over to my house. I'd love to go to Applebee's. We can get half off apps, you know. But if you believe that your priorities change the closer you get to the cross, then let's make steps towards the cross. Because if John wasn't at the foot of the cross, he wouldn't have inherited a mom. And if his mother wasn't at the foot of the cross, she wouldn't have inherited a son. The closer we get to the cross, the more our priorities change. The more our priorities align to the kingdom of God. The invitation for you today is to see your church as your family, as sons and daughters and mothers to love and to treasure and to cherish, knowing that each and every one of us belong to God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are loved and you have a place in his family. It started today with children who we want to raise to know that truth, And our conclusion of our service today is going to be children, young people, who desire to seek first Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Today is about new life and encouragement. It's about belonging to a family. And I invite you to know today that the Etna Green Church of Christ can be your home and can be the place where you find mothers and sons and daughters. Let's love well and be well. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. I thank you that in the midst of despair, you still look out to us. In your grief, in your pain, in your suffering, your heart was for your mom. Your heart was for all mothers who would go through anguish and suffering and hurt. And God, your heart is always for the lowly and the hurting. And so we praise you today to know that in the midst of your anguish, in the midst of your suffering, we thank you for remembering us. And so Lord, now we remember you, not in your suffering, but in your authority and in your power, in your grace and your love, in your kingship, Lord, we remember you today and we honor you. We thank you for welcoming children into your kingdom. We thank you for welcoming each of us as your own. Thank you that we get to be a part of a family. And so, Lord, thank you for caring for us. We ask a blessing on this day. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hosanna and Ellie, if you'd come up with me, please. Uh, I shared with both girls. You can go ahead and stand up here and face forward. This is Ellie and Hosanna. Ellie Eckes and... Hosanna, Chubb. Did I get your last name right? That's a good joke, guys. Come on. Now, uh, I'm going to ask that you please share with me in the confession of faith. And uh, when we get baptized, we know that we are uh, turning our hearts to Christ. We're living new.